You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast, season three, episode 12. We are under 50 days until opening day. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow on all the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, Fly the W on Facebook. Email us at flythew670gmail.com and get your email answered right here on this podcast. Crowley, hope you're having a uh, good week. We are a couple sleeps away from the uh, the big game, and then uh, you will get all my focus back on our Cubs. Oh, yeah, the, the, the big game. Call it what you will, but, I, the, the, you know, opening day, spring training, I mean, all this stuff has got me absolutely crazy. I'm, I'm ready for this little game to be done, and then we can get rolling. All right. So last weekend on Inside the Clubhouse, Cubs general manager Carter Hawkins was a guest with uh, – Bruce Levine, David Hall was off again. I think he might be coming back next week, but uh, it was uh, Bruce Levine doing all the talking and all the interviewing, and he does a great job booking that show. Uh, Carter Hawkins, his guest, and you and I have gone through it and pulled out what we thought was the most important stuff in case our listeners missed out on that. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you got to listen to Inside the Clubhouse 9 to 11. Just such good baseball talk, especially if you're somebody that just is jonesing for some baseball. So I think that it was uh, Bruce Levine and it was Mike Esposito. That's was, right, uh, Mike Esposito. Yep, mm-hmm. pinch hitting. Good, yeah, pun, in, yeah, pun intended. Pun intended. And so he comes in there. And, you know, one of the first questions that was posed to Carter was about Michael Bush. You know, as we sit here waiting for Cody Bellinger, you know, the question is, is what if they don't sign him? That's that's a possibility. And so Michael Bush would probably be first man out of the gate. He was acquired with reliever Yancey Almonte for Jackson Ferris and Zaire Hope. Uh, here's what Carter had to say about Michael Bush. But looking at our current roster, you know, we were had some opportunities for at-bats at first base, opportunities for at-bats at third base. And we got guys that you know, are currently on the roster that have played well in those positions, but nobody that solidified that. And um, we're also looking for guys that can hit left-handed. So you check first, third, left-handed ability to be here for a long time. And, and Michael Bush is kind of in the middle of that Venn diagram. He hasn't played a ton of first, but his ability over there is, is really, really solid. And feel like his hands and, and just know-how will, will help had that opportunity to to be really really good over there, and he has you know totally dominated the minor leagues over the course of his career. But he was blocked. You know he was with the Dodgers, and then they have a couple of Hall of Famers at, at first and second. He can also play second. Um, that uh, obviously are going to going to get in his way of at bat. And so, you know, we think that he's a, a potential you know great member of our lineup. That. 100% can hit against righties and, and hopefully can can play every day at some point. But we have you know, basically six years of control over him. Um, so he's going to be a, have a chance to be with us for a long time and looking forward to that. I like the Michael Bush Venn diagram, right? Lefty uh, plays first, all that stuff. But, you know, Dustin, there was, there was a line in there that kind of took my attention. It said 100% he can hit against righties and hopefully play every day at some point point i went and i pulled the numbers bush played in 125 games last season he was splitting time between the big league dodgers and their minor league affiliate in oklahoma in 98 games in triple a dustin he slashed 323 431 618 with 27 homers and 90 rbis his walk rate was 13 percent, and his strikeout rate was 18 percent. i mean those numbers are off the charts but very good 
Yeah, very good. In 27 starts in the major, he was 167, 247, 292 with two home runs and seven RBIs. Walk rate went down to 9% and the strikeout rate jumped up 33%. Dustin, there's nothing Michael Bush can get out of AAA anymore. This is kind of, he has an opportunity to be an everyday big leaguer or at least platoon. But this, this to me is his opportunity right now. What's he, there's nothing, like I said, he can do in AAA anymore. No, it's, uh, you know what they say, the old, uh, you know what, or get off the pot time for a guy like this, right? He, he was blocked in LA with the Dodgers. So it makes all the sense in the world. Dodgers were, I guess, good enough, if you will, to uh, uh, let him spread his wings, hopefully. And he's going to do that over at Clark and Addison. So we're going to find out, right? I mean, we're going to find out. He's not a kid. He, he's not a kid anymore. He, he's done everything he can do there. Uh, it is either you know what or get off the pot. Yeah, his splits in AAA, he slashed 337, 445, 708 versus righties. There's no question he had uh, no problem with righties in minor leagues. He had 25 home runs and 68 RBIs versus lefties, though. He slashed 294, 401, 429, but then you only get down to two home runs. So 25 versus two and 22 RBIs. So, Dustin, I'm just thinking for the time being, you got Patrick Wisdom and, you know, his splits are the opposite. So, you know, when, when, you're facing a good lefty. Let Patrick Wisdom take the at bats, and then Bush can take most of the starts against righties, and he's going to be fine. Yep. I mean, that make right right now, based on the construction of this roster, that I'm sure everybody's not thrilled about. What you're saying makes total sense. Yes. Now, the obvious 800 pound gorilla in the room that they talked about on Inside the Clubhouse was Cody Bellinger, and obviously, we all are waiting around and and and. Carter wants you to know that they aren't just sitting on their hands here. Yeah. I mean, I think generally you, you've taken a step away from, or taken a step back on just any free agent acquisition. And we, we talked about this a little bit so around Cubs con and, and, you know, have, have certainly, you know, had this come up often as, you know, whether our, our pace has been perceived to be slower, faster, or, or anything of the sort, but, you know, it's basically trying to, to find overlap, you know, our, interest in terms of how we view a player and the player's interest in terms of how he views himself. And when there's overlap on, on those two things, deals get made when there isn't deals don't get made. And sometimes that's a long, long process. So, you know, I, I think generally we just try to take our focus towards that versus all the things going on around us. And that typically leads to good decisions. Um, and that's the idea is make really good decisions because really good decisions are going to help us win more games in the alternative. And uh, just try to focus there. So that's where Jed and I are on a day-to-day basis. Um, just because there's not deals being made doesn't mean that we're not working the phones every single day and then you know, working on you know, trying to find those overlaps every single day. We, we certainly are. Um, but we understand that the fans want to see the results, and we get that. But we just try to stay uh, focused on our process and what we can do and what we can control. Working the phones every single day like Dustin Rhodes on the Mully and Haw show. Um, you know, <laughs> when when they talk about the overlap, you know, he said our interest in how we view a player and the player's interest in how he views himself. And, of course, Scott Boris is in that conversation. And a lot of people are saying, you know, the Cubs are going to sign one of the, the big four Boris clients left. You're talking about Chapman. You're talking about Montgomery. And, obviously, you're clearly talking about Cody Bellinger. But, again, at what point? price and and i you know if if you are talking about 230 million dollars or north of 200 million dollars for cody bellinger after one year of of a really successful year at wrigley that's that's a huge leap of faith that you're taking there 
Oh, big, 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 big leap of faith, Crowley. And, and so I don't, you know, I understand where this is coming from. If, if, if they're asking for that much, I just, you know, and, and again, don't paint yourself in a corner. You don't outbid yourself if the Blue Jays want to get desperate. But when you get desperate, that's when you sometimes make some bad decisions. And, and you know, I'd love Cody to be back on a five-year, $160 million deal, but six years at 230? Yeah, it's a know. little it's a little pricey. The other thing I heard today, listening to lots of different things like I do, is that the Cubs have negotiated with Boris and Bellinger. Like, they, they, they have given kind of their last and final, if you will, because I guess Boris is known as the type that if he gets something better that he likes from Toronto, let's say, he's not going to come back to the Cubs and say, oh, by the way, Toronto offered this. What say you? Like, he's just going to go to Toronto. So the Cubs have to know that they've kind of made last and final and best in this situation. If that's true, that that's how Boris handles things. Yeah. Wait and see here. Working the phones. But uh, Carter was asked about Shota Imanaga. And for those of you following me on Twitter at Crawley's Cubs, you know, our guy, Rich Biesterfeld with the first photos of Shota in, in Mesa. Um, so, and, and Justin Steele on Twitter had some positive things to say. So this is getting, I'm getting more excited about Shoti Managa, and this is what Carter had to say. Yeah, I mean, I think every team in the league for any starting pitcher says, all right, I have some interest because he is a starting pitcher. And so that was right. the first box to check with, with Shoda. I mean, it's just the the availability of, of good innings in this league is, is, it's just tough to find. And, you know, when you have that, it's, it's like gold. And then to have somebody that's left-handed that's shown that have that ability, you know, in the the Japanese professional leagues to to be an ace and a pitch mix that you know hopefully will apply to to the game here in the states and uh, the mindset and the work ethic to make the adjustments that are necessary, you know, when you when you make that transition. We saw that, you know, obviously with Seiya, um, just having to make some of those transitions. It's not easy you know it happens you know at different times sango with the the mets had a really good year last year his first year and so don't want to rule out you know being elite in your first year but at the same time you know you can imagine transitioning not only from one league to another but from one country to another and then one culture to another and that's that's hard so you want somebody with that mindset of, of trying to improve and i guess you kind of saw a little bit of that uh in the press conference that mindset of like okay like what can i do to relate here what can i do to really you know endear myself and, and hopefully he's able to do that on the field too so he says you know the availability the availability of good innings in this league is hard to find and when you have it it's like gold dustin the one thing about imanaga is in the japanese league he always was throwing close to 140 to 170 innings year after year uh starting in 2016 so you know, I, I think that the era of, of Fergie Jenkins throwing 200 innings, that, that just doesn't happen as much as we would like it to with the idea of not going more than three times through the order and all this stuff. I mean, I think, you know, I was a little bit nervous and we'll see, we'll see how the Cubs play this, but it, you know, his durability seems to be something that really has benefited him. Yeah, definitely durable. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to go here, but you feel like there's a little bit of excuse making. I wasn't necessarily thrilled with that answer saying like, you know, Hey, you know, we got to give the guy a break. And 
No, 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 no. This is, this is the Cubs. This is Chicago. This team is trying to win the division and play in October. Why are we, why are we setting the bar way down here? I'm not saying it's got to be way up here, but how about somewhere in the middle? It just seemed, just seemed like, you know, to tap the brakes, you know, culture and changing locations and it's tough. And blah, 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 blah. Well, okay. We, we've talked about this before. Am I overreacting? To, am I overreacting to that comment? No, or you hear I, what think I'm it's, I hear what you're saying. And I, I understand what Carter's saying. I think that the difference is that with uh, Seiya Suzuki on the team, I think it's going to alleviate because Seiya was navigating that all by himself, right? He's got the sure, interpreter. But where but where, where, where was that comment? Did, did I miss that comment? I, I would. I think that it's going to help having Saya there now. Right. It's right. Just, I it's, agree with you 100. percent Why didn't Why didn't right. Carter say that? Like, why Don't didn't know. Carter say <laughs> that? I mean, right. I mean, I mean, maybe did not put extra pressure on Saya Suzuki. Maybe I'm just saying. I just don't. I think more than anything, you just take a look, and it is it's an adjustment in a lot of different ways, and just to kind of you know. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. And, and I've seen that before, you know, sometimes it translates well and sometimes it doesn't. So if you're expecting him to be the ACE of the staff, he was never an ACE as far as when, when we were considering the off season, right? We were talking about um, Yamamoto. We were talking about Otani. Imanaga is going to be a really good pitcher, but I think that just kind of tempering expectations and, and who knows, he might surprise you. Might, yeah, and yeah. so that's what I'm hoping for. Now, Bruce did bring up the six man rotation. Um, the Mets were very deliberate with Kodai and they gave him a rest when they felt necessary. And I thought with the Cubs pitching depth, that might be considered. But, uh, you know, Carter will go on to say that, you know, they're going to go with something a little more traditional. But I just wonder, Dustin, how long it's going to be until you start to see more of those six man rotations popping up. Um, the. Next question asked um, was about what Carter in the front office expect from PCA after his cup of coffee last season. Yeah, I mean, looking to, to see some of the adjustments uh, from the challenges that he faced. You know, those definitely created some opportunities for him to make some changes that will help him to, you know, be a little bit more effective offensively and, and on the base pass and make a little bit better decisions there and, and utilize the strengths that he has. You know, in order for him to – get the speed to, to actually produce major league value. He's got to get on base and to get on base, he's got to make contact and, you know, take balls out of the zone and things that he did really well in the minor leagues. And clearly it was a small sample in the big leagues, but um, it was a, a big opportunity for him to see the things that, that he needs to do. So he's working his tail off in Arizona this whole off season, working with Dustin Kelly, our hitting coach, you know, on those things. And, um, you know, defensively, he's got some, some natural skills there that, you know, we're looking forward to see him play here at, at, at some point. But the expectation is just to see the work that he's put in and then continue that work and continue that development for him so that he can be the type of major leaguer that we all know he can be. So the one thing that stood out to me on that one is just, you know, he has to be more effective offensively and on the base pass, make a little bit better decisions and utilize the strengths he has. I like the fact that he's out in Arizona and he's been working with Dustin Kelly. Obviously, that's going to help. But Dustin, I feel like people have overreacted to a very small sample size of PCA last year. He made his debut in Colorado last season. He appeared in 13 games, Dustin, and he was hitless in 14 at-bats. But out of those 13 games, he only started three of those. In five games, he did not have a single at-bat. and four games, he only had one at-bat. So, I mean, it's really, really hard that's why they don't want pitchers facing guys a fourth or a fifth time through the order. 
So if you only see a guy once, how can you make adjustments? You get what I'm saying? Right. I, I, I mean, it was a very small, you, you did the cup of coffee reference. That was a good one, but it was a very small cup of coffee. It was kind of like an espresso, right? You know, maybe with your pinky out when you're having that little, you know, the little (laughs) cup. I mean, that's how quick it was. And he had a few spectacular defensive plays. He Mm -hmm. also had some spectacularly bad trips on the bases Mm -hmm. and he was asked to bunt a whole bunch, not swing away. He was asked to bunt. Um, not that you can't get a bunt down, but I I, I don't think that Craig Council is going to be asking him to bunt. And I think it, 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 later on when somebody does a deep dive as to why David Ross and the Cubs finally broke up, a uh, bunting might be in the top three reasons. It, it, too too much bunting might be might be in the top three reasons why David Ross isn't the manager of the Chicago Cubs anymore. I think bunting played a, a factor in it, but I, but remember Craig during CubsCon mentioned he'd like to see PCA bunt. So I think it's more bunting with the right guys in the right situation. You don't do it with, in the seventh inning with Patrick Wisdom. No, that, that doesn't happen. But he mentioned PCA being a lefty and being super fast. Patrick Wisdom is not a lefty and he's not super fast. And so PCA making contact and getting on base is where he's going to give you the best offensive bang for your buck. And, you know, once he, you know, in defensive, he's going to absolutely be worthwhile for you to keep there. Um, so I, I just like, you know, here's the thing. PCA has the, the, just an uh, obscene amount of God given talent. I've, I went to go see him in different minor league ballparks, but when you get to the major leagues, everybody is phenomenal. And I saw him, like you said, a couple of times he's gets, he gets, you know, picked, you know, he got caught stealing twice. He, you know, and so he had two stolen bases. Is caught stealing twice, but you know I think that kind of surprised him. So I think he's going to learn from that. It's not just going to be speed that's going to help him. He has to be able to read the the pitcher's movements and and those t- and when to uh, what kind of lead to get and those type of things are going to be a lot more important in the majors than they were for him in AAA. He could have stole off anybody in AAA. It wasn't a big deal. Not going right. to happen that way in the majors. Right. Kind of the same thing what we talked about with the with the first question right of this of this segment. We're breaking down the interview. Right, the Cubs' new first baseman. There, there's nothing left for PCA to do in the minor leagues, in my opinion. There really isn't, except probably learn how to hit a little bit better. But mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully they get Bellinger back, and you can have that uh, that luxury, if you will. Yeah, good transition, right? Speaking of transitions, the last question yeah. from this interview was about the workload between Jan Gomes and Miguel Amaya. Great question by by Bruce. You know, here's the thing is, is Amaya going to start taking more of the workload? And what Carter replied. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of naming who's going to catch 100 and who's going to catch 60 probably isn't smart at this point. But what I will say is that, you know, Miguel, he's out of options. You know, he's going to be on our major league club, you know, bar an injury. And, you know, this is an opportunity for him to really step up and really be a part of the leadership of this team. And, and there's no better person to learn that from than John Golds. So a hundred percent on that is he has no option. So if you're going to, if you're going to cut him, he has to go through waivers, which he's not going to make it. They're through not, they're not, and, yeah, and they're not going to do that. They're, they're not right. Gonna, they're not going to drop him down. It's just not going to happen. The, these, these are your two catchers for the 2024 season. This is, these are your guys. There's no, there's no doubt about it. No doubt now, about it. And I think Jan Gomes is a great guy to have as a mentor. I'll tell you this, Dustin. Jan Gomes shocked everybody last season. He slashed 267, 315, 408 with 10 home runs and 63 RBIs. He caught 92 games and 
played 10 as a DH, but Dustin, he's going to be 36 this season. And that, that offensive performance was an anomaly. That's not the normal Jan Gomes. We, we got lucky on that one. Now, after not playing for most of the last three years because of injury and COVID and all sorts of things, Amaya makes an amazing comeback in 2023. He started with the Smokies, makes his debut May 4th when Gomes was on the aisle with a concussion, sent down May 11th, but then he was back up on June 3rd where he stayed. Tucker Barnhart was showed the door. He slashed 214, 329, 359 with five homers and 18 RBIs. He started 33 games at catcher and dh another eight games. But as a 36-year-old catcher, I mean, Amaya is going to have to take more of the load and Again, like PCA and like Michael Bush, this is his opportunity here to make a name for himself and to become an everyday major leaguer. Yep, and that's what I look. I look forward to it. I, I really, I like him a lot. I, I re, I really, I like him a lot as a player. And the pitchers like throwing to him, so let's just kind of keep our fingers crossed. Yep, that's a big part of it. There's no doubt about that. You got to keep those pitchers happy.